Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the railing of the upper deck in Buffalo's Ralph Wilson Stadium, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, a.k.a. Jana Kim, Kimmel, and the Sherpa, a.k.a. Scott Twainy, we're here with you each and every Wednesday night. Jana, how are you this week? I'm good. How about you? The Cowboys were on, an, on a bye week, so nothing bad could happen. <laughs> no, but this week they're playing the Giants, so plenty bad could happen, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So uh, let's let's start off with a little debate that we had last week about the Chiefs. I think we both agreed that that there wasn't much chance of them winning that game. But uh, what do you think? Are they have they been exposed to the fraud now? Or are they going to end the season with nine wins? Or do you think they're going to get their acts back and together and end up as a playoff team and do some damage? What, what do you think their prognosis is? I I think I don't think they got exposed as a fraud. I mean I. I don't think they're also going to end the season with nine wins. I think they'll get their act together. They still have a good defense. They're not a bad team. Denver just is on another level. It's the first time they let anybody score more than 17 points on them, and keeping Denver to only 27 was not terrible. So I'm not as down no. on the Chiefs as, as everybody else is. Well, I'm you know, a lifelong Chiefs supporter. You know, They're probably my second favorite team behind the Giants. And I just, yeah, I look and I'm not that impressed, especially with their offense. Yeah, the defense, sure, 27 points against Peyton Manning, that's a, a great effort, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to um, yeah, win games when you're, when you're not scoring. So, But uh, we'll see. Lots of interesting stuff. The, the Carolina-New England game, of course, that ended on a, ended on a controversial call, but uh, what did you think of that one? I don't know if I agree with picking up the flag. I thought maybe it would have been fine letting it stand. I thought a couple of things got a little a little too touchy-feely in the end zone there, and, and it's hard to say that a ball's uncatchable for a receiver who's a giant and makes acrobatic catches regularly, especially when there's a defender with both arms wrapped around him. I just... I don't know if I totally believe we can say without a doubt that Rob Gronkowski had no shot at that ball had he been free and, and uninhibited, I guess you could say. Um, Sherpa's not going to be adding to this debate since he dropped off. Uh, <laughs> he is currently in New York City where cell coverage can be a little spotty, so he'll join back up with us in just a minute. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to have your voice heard throughout the show, you have plenty of ways to do that. We'll be here for an hour till 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. Uh, You can always call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4 THN Inches Show. That's the number 4 THN Inches Show. You can also find us at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the number 4, THN Inches Show at gmail.com. 
Uh, as always, the chat room is open on Blog Talk Radio, and you can find us all week long at fantasyfootballsherpa.com. There's always good stuff on the blog there. Uh, and this week, it's not great for the buys, but you know it's better than having six teams off. We have four teams on a buy this week. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and Seattle, which means you are for sure down uh, some pretty pretty decent little defenses, some wide receivers, and a couple of running backs and quarterbacks for sure. So we'll be sure to help you pick up guys on the waiver wire and to tell you who to start and sit this week. Right, Sherpa? Zach Miller's out this week, too. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that in there. I appreciate that. As always, since we are such huge Zach Miller sympathizers. <laughs> yeah, well, Scott Chandler, they're actually not some, yeah, well, anyway, probably enough about the tight ends. But, uh, yeah. so, so did you already tell people how they can get in touch with us? I did. I did in your absence. So we can jump right into the games. All right. Well, we've got the Thursday night special. We've, we've both known, we've both grown to knowing about Thursday night games for their unpredictability this week. So (laughs) this week we've got a game that should have been good on paper at least three months ago. That's New Orleans and Atlanta. Unfortunately, New Orleans has reestablished themselves as one of the top teams in the NFC, while Atlanta has established themselves as one of the worst teams in the NFC South. So Mm -hmm. as as predicted, they lost to Tampa Bay last week. But uh, anyway, Thursday night, craziness aside, I just don't see this game ending in an upset. I think New Orleans continues marching along their path to victory. Atlanta keeps marching along their path to what looks like it'll probably be a top-five draft pick right now. I'll say New Orleans wins this, double enough on Atlanta. I'll say New Orleans 34, Atlanta 17. I think this is probably a double-digit win for New Orleans. Can you imagine how filthy this Atlanta team could be with a top-five draft pick next season and having healthy Julio Jones and Roddy White? They could be a well, good team. Depends what they use it on. They probably should use it on either defense or the offensive line. But if they, no actually, a running back would. <laughs> well, they don't want to spend a top five pick on a running back. But uh, mm. from all appearances, it doesn't really look like Steven Jackson has a lot left of the tank at age thirty. No, t- too many hits in St. Louis. Too many miles on no. the tires. But too many miles uh, on the unfortunately. Tires, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Atlanta does not have their top five draft pick or healthy wide receivers this week. They are still awful. Uh, Actually, you know what definitely. I was just thinking? I wonder if they even would have a top five draft pick. I bet they gave it away in the Julio Jones trade. Ooh, maybe. Man, that's That would be sad. Poor Atlanta. Well, I just want to give them a hug. Well, but, maybe they don't uh, if, for, for your fantasy team, definitely a lot of reason to like Saints players this week. Even though it's a Thursday night game and weird stuff always happens, I think you can still safely start Drew Brees, Pierre Thomas, uh, even Mark Ingram and Darren Sproles getting wild. Everyone's going to be catching passes. They seem to be trying to spread out the run game. It's just a matter of if someone screws up, which tends to happen, they're going to see less of the field. So they kind of go with the hot hand. It's turned into – it feels like the running backs have turned into more of a musical chairs game than the wide receivers are now, which it used to be the other way around. Uh, as far as wide receivers go, I like Marquise Colson, Robert Meacham. I'm definitely starting tight end Jimmy Graham, who pretty much has an injury to every part of his body, but somehow still catches two touchdowns every game. So I, I'm cool with that. I am staying away from both the kicker and the defense, though. Or 
oh, you think Atlanta's defense is going to, I mean, offense is going to put up enough points to make New Orleans' defense a bad start? Not necessarily. I'm kind of more on the bubble with them, but I think there are better defensive matchups. Okay. So for Atlanta, Tony Gonzalez, he's questionable with a toe injury, but he's really the only guy that I really like this week for Atlanta. Quarterback Matt Ryan is the second quarterback for me. He's been a huge disappointment. I thought he was going to be the top quarterback in fantasy this year. That obviously We had such high out. expectations for this team. We did, but uh, wide receiver Harry Douglas, questionable with a knee injury. New Orleans, pretty good pass defense, so I would rate him as the best flex option this week. Running back Steven Jackson, unfortunately, I think he's ending the, you know, near the end of his useful life as a fantasy option. I would not start him this week. Jack is Rogers, don't start him. Wide receiver Roddy White, probable with his shoulder injury, but I would not start him. Kicker Matt Bryan in the defense, fixated on as well. Yeah, poor Atlanta. Yeah. So why don't we move on to the Sunday games then. And the first of the Sunday games is an interesting matchup between two teams that at the beginning of the season looked like they were going to be horrible, and then they've showed signs of life and signs of being horrible. But anyway, Pittsburgh at Cleveland, I guess the good news is that both these teams are, at least in theory, still in the running for that second AFC Wild Mathematically, card. yeah. Uh, because, I mean, right now, I guess the Jets even as mediocre as they are, uh, are at 5-5. Five and five, you know, There's a bunch of teams sitting at 4-6 and six or so that, you know, we still have a chance to... I mean, aren't there, you know, aren't there only streak. six teams in the whole AFC with a winning record right now? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm, yeah, I think that, it's that something like that. Yeah, for some reason I thought the Jets were the, would have been the sixth team right now, and I think they're only 5-5. Five and five. But uh, anyway, there's a good chance that a team that's sub-500 now will sink in and get that second wild card spot. These two teams Great. are possible for that, but we'll see. Yeah, Pittsburgh's looking better as of late. Cleveland, good defense, good Cleveland. offense. You know, they, they have no running game whatsoever. They've only scored one rushing touchdown all year. Actually, interestingly enough, Houston, everybody thought they would have such a huge running game this year. Arian Foster yeah. was a little bit questionable, but, you know, without him, Ben Tate, they have two rushing mm-hmm. touchdowns this year. That's just that blows Oof. my mind. But anyway, back to the game at hand here, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Close games with a point. I think it could go either way, but I think Pittsburgh's got a little bit more talent and they're a little bit better team right now. I'll pick Pittsburgh to win this by a field goal. I'll pick Pittsburgh 17, Cleveland 14. I, I'm i going to take Cleveland for the mini upset here. Uh, not on a whole lot other than my gut. And I think the Cleveland defense will cause Big Ben some problems. Uh, if Cleveland had a run game, that would be great. Unfortunately, they don't, like you said. So it's gonna. I, I think it's going to take a big stand from their defense to help them win this game. Um, but I think it's doable. This is going to be one of those weirdo AFC North games where nobody scores any points and it's just three and outs and defensive stands left and right. But I don't know. I think Cleveland will pull it off. Um, Fantasy-wise for the Steelers, though, I'm okay starting Big Ben uh, as well as Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Jericho Cotri. I am going to start the defense, even though I think they're going to lose the game, because this is not going to be high-scoring by any stretch of the imagination. Well, 
I think Cleveland, the, the way that they win this game, if they win it, that they probably need a touchdown from their defense or special teams yeah. because I just mm-hmm. don't think, you know, I mean, their strength, if you can call it that on offense, is their pass game, but that plays into deep, Pittsburgh's defensive strength. So right. something's got to give there, but we'll see. So for Cleveland, I would start wide receiver Josh Gordon and tight end George Cameron, the two guys that are basically telling me to start all season on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Start the defense. Quarterback Jason Campbell, probable with his ribs injury. I think he was the best second quarterback option. I wouldn't start any of the running backs. That includes Willis McGahey, Chris Ogbenaya, and Bosby Whitaker. And wide receivers, Devon Best and Greg Little, stay away from them. And I don't like uh, kicker Billy Cundis this tweet either. Excuse me, I, I've never met him. I don't like his matchup is what I meant to say. <laughs> he might be a perfectly nice guy for all I know. Well... Apparently not on the fourth and inches show. <laughs> well, we probably won't be having him on as a guest anytime soon. So, I, I'm but he's not. welcome to come on. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, moving right along, we've got uh, the hottest team in football right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, oh, yeah. playing <laughs> at Detroit. Detroit, you know, they always get the Thanksgiving Day game, and I think traditionally they usually play at home the week before Thanksgiving. So they're playing uh, at home against Tampa this week. Tampa, I think the the music runs out for them. I think Detroit, they lost to Pittsburgh on the road. I think they'll get their act together at home. I'll pick them to win, not by much, but I'll I'll say that Detroit wins this 28-24 and and reclaims the, the top spot in the NFC North this week. I agree with you. I think uh, I think Detroit's kind of finding a little bit of a rhythm. I I don't know. They look less disjointed than they did to start the year. Tampa has, did sort of upset Atlanta last week, as we predicted. Granted, it was a few weeks past my original prediction for it, but it ultimately came true. Uh, and they are looking much less chaotic on the football field. I just don't know if they have enough to beat Detroit in Detroit um, but I think they will still at least make an attempt. They're not going to roll over and die, which is good. Uh, I like Mike Lennon more as a second quarterback option. Um, definitely going to start Bobby Rainey. Kind of a surprise at running back, but it's working out for him, so keep riding the hot hand. Um, starting Vincent Jackson and Tyquan Underwood, but I'm staying away from uh, tight end, kicker, defense, most of the Tampa Bay offense. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not as keen on Ray. I mean, I think it's a really cool story. You know, Doug Mark goes down, they put in Mike James, he has a good game, goes down, you know, you think it's going to be Brian Leonard and then it's Bobby Rainey going nuts. But, you know, well, the I like, game, I like Bobby Rainey more this week because of the teams that are on buys. You're going to need a running back. But maybe if this isn't a bye week, it wouldn't be as nice of a matchup. But I like him as a fill-in this week. Oh, yeah, I just... I don't – I mean, Detroit, if they have a strength on defense, it's their run defense, so we'll see. Something's got to give there, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So if he has a good game, they could well win this game. We'll see. Detroit, I would start quarterback Matthew Stafford, running back Reggie Bush, wide receivers Calvin Johnson and Chris Durham. Uh, tight end Brandon Pettigrew, more of a flex option for me. Kicker David Akers is okay. Defense is okay. Stay away from Joyce Bell. He's questionable with that ankle injury. Even if he plays, I doubt he's at full speed. Wide receiver Nate Burleson, probably not going to be back this week. And Joseph Boria had a nice run for a few weeks, but 
he's been missing in action the last couple weeks, so I would say he's not worth starting either. Yeah, I mean, he was he was the man to start the year, and then it just he fell off the face of the planet, it feels like. Yeah, it's too bad. And somewhere Tony Scheffler is crying, but anyway. Poor Tony. So on to the next game, Minnesota at Green Bay. Usually you would think, well, you know, the Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers and Minnesota has Adrian Peterson and it'll be ground versus air. But right now, both these teams are somewhat in disarray. Minnesota, because of their quarterback situation, you know, not because of injury, they just haven't been getting good play there, no matter whether it's Christian Ponder or Matt Castle or, um, yeah. or Josh Freeman in there. And Green Bay, obviously, this is Aaron Rodgers. Although well, Scott Goldstein acquitted himself rather well with the 300-plus yards very, last week, but the three interceptions. Very admirable. The three interceptions are what set him back. I think this is a, a close game, but I think ultimately Green Bay has just a little bit too much. They finally have a run game, and I think Scott Holzine will be accurate enough that they'll win this. I'm kind of curious to see whether Cordero Patterson continues his emergence for Minnesota, but I think it all still adds up to Green Bay 28, Minnesota 21. I like. Yeah, I agree with you. I think just the the whole quarterback situation is – my is Minnesota's basically kryptonite here. I, they're not a bad team when you plug a real quarterback in and they have some consistency. I feel like this is a team that could really succeed. Unfortunately, they don't have that guy right now. Um, it looks like Christian Ponder is going to get the start this week. Uh, he started last week but got pulled because he was playing terribly and Matt Castle relieved him. So obviously... Uh, if you're trying to start a Minnesota quarterback, you could really flip a coin here. Christian Ponder, Ponder will start the game. Whether or not he finishes it is a whole other issue. Clearly, they they aren't going to be afraid to pull the trigger is what last week's told us. Um, but I do think Scott Tolzien's going to be more comfortable at home. He's got a couple of starts under his belt, and I think he'll be a little more careful with the football this week. Um, but I do think Minnesota's going to put some points up, so... Any quarterback you're trying to start from Minnesota only uses as a second quarterback option. I like Adrian Peterson, Jarius Wright, and Greg Jennings. Cordell Patterson I like more as a flex option. I'm not quite as sold on him just yet. I am going to start the Blair Walsh project, but I'm staying away from the defense. You you didn't mention my favorite fill-in tight end, John Carlson. (laughs) I'm not feeling John Carlson this week. I think you got better tight ends out there. I mean, he's had two good games in a row. I, I will say, but for yeah, Green Bay, yeah, I would start. For Green Bay, I would start quarterback Scott Tolkien, running back Eddie Lacy, wide receivers Jared Boykin and Jordy Nelson. Start the defense, wide receiver James Jones, more of a flex option for me. Kicker Mason Crosby is okay, and I would stay away from tight end Anthony Corliss. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers is trying to play in the Thanksgiving game next week. That could be interesting. Yeah, my guess is that even if he does, he would be at full strength. And if uh, Detroit, Detroit's not known for uh, taking clean shots at people, so I, I think that might not be a smart idea for them. But I think a lot of it will depend on whether they win this game or not. If they win this game and they're mm-hmm. still in the thick of the playoff hunt, then they're probably more apt to play him, but we'll, we'll see. So, yeah, I agree. Um, Jacksonville at Houston is the next game up. Jacksonville looking a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Houston somehow lost to Oakland this past week. Still, I don't think this game is close. I think 
this is just a real mismatch, at least on paper. I know they don't play games on paper. They play them on grass or turf. But Jacksonville, I, I just don't see how they can hang with Houston in this game. I'll pick Houston to, to win this in a, in, a, in a route. I'll say Houston 35, Jacksonville 10. Wow, I like Houston by double digits, but that's aggressive. A little aggressive for me. <laughs> um, it, it's hard to argue. Houston needs to win this game. Houston needs to win a lot of games. If there's really no way you can explain how any Jeff Fisher should have anybody should have a job or anybody on the roster should be starting if you're going to go and lose to Jacksonville at home. Uh, fantasy wise for the Jags this week, pretty slim pickings. Chad Henney's really only a second quarterback option and a deeper one at that. Uh, I'm okay starting Maurice Jones-Drew and Cecil Shorts, but that's it. And it's going to be interesting to see whether Gary Kubiak. Uh... You know, still employed. Survives, well, hopefully he survives, period. But, you know, I that would be wonder good. whether, yeah, that would be a good start. But, you know, as far as coaching <laughs> the team next year, I'm not so sure about that. I'd, the quarterback situation is a mess there. You know, it's just, I'm, at this point, I'm, I think Matt Schaub probably needs a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, I still think, think so he's too. capable of being a winning quarterback. But, yeah, for whatever reason, the things just aren't working out there. It's probably time for him to move on. Case Keenum, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want them to draft Johnny Football, but uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But anyway, for Houston this week, I like whoever's the quarterback for them. Probably going to be Case Keenum, which in case Matt Schaub, that's fine too. Running back Ben Cade, I like. Wide receivers DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson, I like. Tight end Garrett Brown had a great game last week. Start him again this week. Kicker Randy Bullock, the defense. Pretty much anybody that starts in one of the Houston uniform is worth putting in your fantasy lineup this week. <laughs> if your neighbor's wearing a Houston jersey, you could probably start him at this point. Well, he probably gets just as many points as Maurice Jones-Drew would, but that's beside the yeah, point. Maybe. So, yeah. all right, shall we move back? Shall we move on to the next matchup? Uh, another version of As the World Turns with the New York Jets. The roller coaster season continues this week. They take their show on the road to Baltimore. I, I don't see how they can lose that game at Buffalo last week and take themselves seriously as a as a playoff team. But yeah, even with fans falling out of the stands there in Buffalo, uh, Jets still couldn't you know, focus enough on the field to do what they needed to do. Just, I'm gonna be honest. I'd rather watch the Jacksonville Houston game then watch this game, without oh, I a doubt. with that. I think, if nothing else, the, the drama here with Rex Ryan oh. and the incessant camera shots. And the Houston-Jacksonville game is going to be a snoozer. This at least will be a, a close game. I think Baltimore is going to win it 20-17, to 17, but I think it's going to be a much more interesting game than Jacksonville-Houston. I, this is a game I don't want to go anywhere near this weekend. Unfortunately, since... I live in an area where I get New York cable channels. I'm going to be stuck with it part of the time. But I I would absolutely, without a doubt, rather watch the Jaguars and the Texans play each other, even if it was the Texans won 2 to nothing. I would rather watch that game than watch this Jets-Baltimore game. Just, ugh, they're so bad. What's, what's the most boring <laughs> game you've ever watched? Ooh. I don't know. I nominate the Cardinals-Jets game last year. I think the final score was 3 oh. nothing or 6 nothing or something, but that, that, had, that had to be the worst 
game I've ever watched. That was just. Let's also remember, I watched watched a lot of Jaguars preseason games, so I'm well, I'm that well versed. Makes you a masochist, but. <laughs> so who do you like for the Jets this week, if anyone? Not a lot. Uh, Geno Smith, more a second quarterback option. I'll start Chris Ivory, and Santonio. Don't call me San Antonio Holmes. And I'll start the defense because no one's breaking 21 points in this game. I'd be shocked. I just, ugh, I'm not excited for this one. For Baltimore, Ray Rice looks like he might be back on track. I'd take a chance starting him. Wide receiver Torrey Smith in the defense. Joe Flacco, more of a second quarterback for me. Wide receiver Tandon Dawson, flex. Tight end Dallas Sparks, okay. Uh, sit running back Bernard Pierce. Wide receiver Marlon Brown missed last week with a knee injury. It's questionable for this week. Tight end Ed Pitt, a custom kicker, Justin Tucker. You don't want them on your fantasy squad this week either. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got San Diego at Kansas City. We were talking a little bit before the show about whether we think uh, Kansas City's loss to Denver spells impending doom or not. You seem to be a little bit more optimistic about their future prospects than I am. Kansas City, I don't think matches up real well with San Diego. I think San Diego is another team that could give Kansas City some trouble. I'm going to pick San Diego to win this in an upset. I'll say San Diego 28, Kansas City 24. Um, mm, I don't agree. <laughs> I That's think okay. Everyone's City... entitled to their opinion no matter how wrong they are. That's my motto in life. <laughs> hey, when the Jets and well Baltimore is a snoozer and Case Keenum's throwing a couple of TDs and you flip over to that Houston game, you can call me and tell me you were wrong. <laughs> but uh, I think you're going to be feeling... wrong about this, too. Okay. So Tell me I, why. I, because while San Diego and Phillip Rivers started very strong and it looked like, hey, you know what, maybe this is our year, maybe we got it together, it did not last. They, December came early for San Diego, and then they still have December coming, which means things are going to get worse. Uh, but this week, Kansas City is going to rebound. They're at home. Their defense is going to look much better than it did against the Broncos. Phillip Rivers is not Peyton Manning. Uh, I think that while San Diego will put up maybe 21 points, Kansas City is going to beat them by a touchdown. And I'm starting Phillip Rivers only as a second quarterback option. I like Ryan Matthews and Danny Woodhead. I'll even start Keenan Allen and tight end Antonio Gates, but I'm staying away from the defense, the kicker. I don't want any part of it. Kansas City, I mean, much as I want to like this team, I just I, I just can't get behind Alex Smith as their quarterback. I thought I it was an improvement coming into the season. It has been an improvement. I mean, I'm nitpicking. If you had told me 10 games into the season the Chiefs would be 9-1, and one, I'd say, wow, that's great, but... Uh, yeah. obviously taking a look at their prospects and thinking is this really a, a playoff team or not and could they do any damage in the playoffs I just don't I really see could. it oh, I, I think they would have to get a very favorable draw and something bizarre would have to happen like Denver losing at New England this week and Kansas City beating them at home and getting the home field and then getting the Jets in a playoff game or something bizarre universe inside-out type of thing like that would have to happen in order for Kansas City to win a playoff game. But we'll see. But um, I don't know. For Kansas City, Alex Smith, more of a second quarterback for me. Running back Jamal Charles is worth starting. Wide receiver Dwayne Bowe is worth starting. 
wide receivers Donnie Avery and Dexter McCluster are more flex options for me. Kicker Ryan Suckup is okay. Defense is okay. And tight ends Anthony Fasano and Sean McGrath, I'll stay away from those two. Okay. I I'm I don't know. I I never thought coming into the season that you and I would be on the opposite sides of Kansas City debates where I would be pro Kansas City. Never thought we'd see that day. Believe me, I want to I really want to like this team. <laughs> I just think that it's a house of cards that's about to come collapsing down. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna fall apart the way the Cardinals did last year or anything after their four and start, but I just yeah, they're they're probably going to make the playoffs almost by default at this point. They just have to win probably one more game out of their six remaining games, and they're in the playoffs. But I just, you know, the object obviously is to win once you get in the playoffs. To do that, you've got to have home field to do that. They have to win their mm-hmm. division, and I, I just I don't see it. At best, I think they're hosting a wild card game, but even that, you know, yeah, who knows, but... So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. So, should we move on to Chicago at St. Louis? Yes, we can. What do you make of this game? St. Louis looks really – they took apart Indianapolis two weeks ago, and then you thought, wow, and, of course, they're on a bye last week, so there's no chance to – you have to sort of wait to do and see whether Tavon Austin's going to be able to replicate what he did in that game or whether he's – going to be on the rookie roller coaster a la Geno Smith. Chicago, they, they seem to be muddling through without Jay Cutler. That was impressive how, you know, the weather factor aside last weekend, how they were able to crazy. keep themselves together and come back and beat Baltimore in that game. Yeah, I think the team has a lot of heart. I'm not real impressed with their defense, but they have some offensive weapons. Balshawn Jeffrey has probably been one of the biggest uh, breakout stars in fantasy this year. Josh McCown not going to throw for 400 yards, probably not even 300, but he does a serviceable job as a quarterback. I think it all mm-hmm. adds up to a Chicago victory. I think they take this, I'll say Chicago 27, St. Louis 23. I like Chicago by maybe a touchdown, maybe 10 points even. I I really, I'm impressed with what Josh McCown's doing. He's come in and been more than just serviceable. He before it was he wasn't losing you games. Now he's actively helping you win games. Their defense is terrible, but he keeps the offense relevant enough that they can still win. And like you said, last week was kind of crazy. They still managed to uh, keep things together and stay focused, which was impressive. Um, I'm going to start Josh McCown. Even if he's my only quarterback, I'd start him this week. I'm starting Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall, and like you said, Alshon Jeffrey is just he's, – he's – Got to be one of the breakout stars of the year, for sure. I'm so happy I drafted him on a lot of fantasy teams. <laughs> but I I don't know. I think this will be a, a good game to watch. I just think Chicago's going to come out on top. Yeah, uh, I'm glad they didn't you know, have any tornadoes during the game, right? Little stadium there. I just, you know, you think, you know, if you had wind like that at your back, how far could you kick a football? Yeah, right? Probably forever. Clear yeah. over that mountain. <laughs> so, for St. Louis, running back, Zach Stacy appears to be healthy this week, so I'll take a chance mm-hmm. to start him. Wide receivers, Chris Givens and Kevon Austin. Speaking of backup quarterbacks that are doing a serviceable job, Kellen Clemens, he yes. is, you know, washed out Jets, Pats, and a couple other teams. Yeah, he's 
he's doing okay there. He had a rough start, but seems to be settling in. So he's somebody that I think you consider as a second quarterback. Um, wide receivers, Brian Quick and Austin Pettis, flex option, tight end, Jared Cook, flex option. Greg Nalek, Zerline is okay this week to start. Defense is okay. Running back, Gerald Richardson, started off the year with the job, not anymore, so don't start him. Tight end, Lance Kendrick the hand injury that forced him out of the game a couple weeks ago, and uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't take a chance starting him this week either. I think this might be the first week all year we've started both Greg the Leg and the Blair Walsh Project in the same week. I like it. Well, that's because you were commenting. You were picking uh, sure the was. Blair Walsh Project. <laughs> I, I, if I had been picking that side of the game, I don't think I would have started him. No, actually, I take Ooh. that back. I did. I, I did. I think I did have him as, as a okay guy to start the tweet. So I stand corrected. You're right. So I win. How about this? How about this next game? Carolina at Miami. I know you're a Miami homer, and I know that they got their got themselves back on track last week. But I just I don't think it's happening this week. Even though they're at home, I think Carolina they they might have a little bit of a letdown after that New England game, but. I still think they're the far better team. I'll say that they win this by a touchdown on the road. I'll take Carolina 24, Miami 17. I think it might be more like Carolina by three. Uh, I I still respect Miami's defense, but I just there's too much turmoil going on. I I just no matter how much they say, oh well, it's not going to affect it, it. It's affecting you. There's media, hundreds of extra media people there in your face all the time. You're going to be distracted. And Carolina is playing on another level right now. <laughs> they got hot. If they can sustain it, this is not a team I want to see in the playoffs. Um, on Philly Talk Radio this week, they've been talking big about how if the Eagles draw Carolina in the playoffs, that they could beat them. I don't know. But this week, I don't think Miami's going to be beating Carolina. I like Cam Newton more as a second quarterback option. Uh, like I said, I like the Miami defense a little better than some people do, but... I think the run game is where things are going to get going for Carolina. I like D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. I am still going to start Steve Smith and Brandon LaFell. I'm even going to start kicker Graham Gano and the defense. This might be as for many Miami. Carolina players as I've ever started in the history of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, they're they're probably better as a team than they've been at any point in the history of the show the last few True. years. Uh, <laughs> they haven't looked so good. But uh, actually, yeah. our first year that we did the show in 2010, they were respectable. And Cam Newton was a rookie. I think they finished around 500 or maybe a game or 200, 500. But uh, since then, it's been pretty rough uh, going there. But this year, they're obviously turning mm-hmm. things around. For Miami, wide receivers Mike Wallace and Brian Hartline are worth starting. Tight end Charles Clay, maybe not the breakout star that all Sean Jeffrey has been, but certainly one of the best fantasy surprises at tight end this year, which just yeah. goes to show you don't have to draft a Rob Gronkowski or a Jimmy Graham in you know, the third or fourth round. You can still wind up with a decent tight end. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill, more of a second quarterback option for me this week. I don't think I've listed any quarterbacks that I like as a first quarterback this week yet, but we'll get to that. Um, wide receiver Richard Matthews has wormed his way into the consciousness the couple of, last couple of weeks. Defense mm-hmm. is okay. The running back situation is still a mess there. One week it's Daniel Thomas. The way, next week it's Lamar Miller. The next week it's none of the above. I say stay yeah. away from them. You've got to find a better option somewhere. 
uh, kicker Caleb Sturgis. I just don't think Miami scores enough points to get him on the field often enough to have him do anything worthwhile for your team this week. So stay away from him too. Yeah, I think you'll have more luck with uh, some of your after your late and uh, evening kickers than you would with Caleb Sturgis. So speaking of late and evening games, why don't we get to the first of the afternoon, the late afternoon games in Indianapolis at Arizona. Indianapolis, they really seem to like living life on the edge there. They, uh, yeah. They, Who knew they Andrew Luck was such against... a risk taker? <laughs> yeah, well, he certainly has the fourth quarter comebacks in his resume, but I think his his coaches would probably prefer that he played a little bit better the first three quarters of the game so that they're not always mm-hmm. coming from behind in the fourth quarter. I think this is another game where they're going to find themselves behind in the fourth quarter. The only difference is here. I'm going to pick against them. I, I don't know how Arizona does it. I think it's smoking years, but somehow right now they look like they could be that second wild card team in the NFC at this point. It's possible. Stranger things have happened, but uh, I think the 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 under the radar carpet ride, under the radar magic carpet ride, if that's possible, <laughs> continues for them this week. I'll pick Arizona to win this game. I'll say Arizona 27, Indianapolis 24. I like your score, but I like it reversed. I think Indy's going to pull this one out. Although, spoiler alert, I do think Arizona's going to beat the Eagles next week. Uh, But this week, Indy's going to get the best of them. I do like Andrew Luck. I like Donald Brown and Trent Richardson. Absolutely starting T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Tight end Cody Fleener's a good start, as well as the defense. I think this will be a fun game to watch, though. Now, in retrospect, what do you make of that Trent Richardson trade? I was all over Cleveland, like many people were, saying, how could you do that? You're giving up on your season and yeah, but like I, they, I think they knew what Cleveland, they were doing. I, I mean, but I, also I think Cleveland's offense kind of has overperformed. That team's done a little more than they thought they would after Trent Richardson left. I just Well, certainly their running game hasn't. I mean, it's all been their passing game. Their running game is, is still nothing to, to be proud of. No, I just I don't know if Trent Richardson would have been an X factor that would have made them world beaters. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't hate know. I mean, the trade. Made, I just hate the timing of it. Well, I mean, Indy's got to feel like they've gotten snookered at this point. I mean, Donald Brown was arguably better last week than Trent yeah. Richardson was. So, anyway, for Arizona, I would. I'll, here's a quarterback. I'm going to start. Spoiler alert. I'm going to start quarterback yeah. Carson Palmer this week. <laughs> Wide receivers Michael Play. I know I like to get a little crazy sometimes. You, know, you are a just quarterback. Like, I would like actually Indy. You start. like to live on the edge. <laughs> I do. I'm usually behind and manage to pull it out at the end. But so quarterback Carson Palmer, kind of like the, the timing of the show. But uh, so quarterback Carson Palmer, I like wide receivers Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald. I like uh, running backs Rashard Mendenhall and Andre Arrington. Both of those guys, one week it's one, the next week it's the other. I think they're both decent flex options, but hopefully you have better options if you're starting two or three running backs. Kicker Jay Feely is okay. Defense is okay. I would not start wide receiver Andre Robertson in spite of his uh, big game last week. I wouldn't start tight end Rob House for this week either. Yeah, I, I like Rob Houseler. I just don't know if I like him this week. All right. So... Next, we've got Tennessee at Oakland, and I really don't know what to make of either of these teams. These teams are both 
Oakland seems like they're playing a little bit better than they should. Tennessee seems like they find ways to lose games that they should win. I'll say just because it's in Oakland, I'll pick Oakland to win this by a field goal, 20-17. to 17, But if Tennessee wins, it, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. But this is another game that I, I, I don't think I'm going to be watching. I don't know. I might watch this game. But uh, probably will be distracted with our next game. Um, Tennessee, I think Tennessee's going to pull this one out. Oakland's just so inconsistent right now. <laughs> it's hard for me to envision them winning a game. I think Tennessee, I, I like Tennessee with Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. I just think it works. Uh, I think Tennessee's going to win by a touchdown. I'm starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm going to start Chris Johnson. Uh, definitely starting Nate Washington and Kendall Wright. Delaney Walker even as well. And I'm going to start the defense. I'm just I'm not feeling Oakland right now. Well, Matt McGloin was a lot more impressive last week than Ryan Fitzpatrick was, which, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick I, wasn't bad, but when you throw three touchdowns in your first NFL start, that's pretty good. Yes, but I also I had friends who played with McGloin at Penn State, so I've seen a lot of him. And I, I don't know if he's the guy I want in a pressure situation. I'm not sure how he's going to fare at home against Tennessee, maybe being down late. I'm a little worried about it. Well, he did okay against Houston. That was a pretty close game, yeah. and he pulled that out. So, But or yeah. I should say kept it kept them ahead. So for mm-hmm. Oakland, um, Rashad Jennings has been another revelation. You know, for years, he was backing up Maurice Jones-Drew and never really got a chance to shine in one Jones-Drew was hurt last year. You know, Jennings really didn't do much with the opportunity. So now it makes you wonder, is Oakland's offensive line that good or is Jacksonville's offensive line that bad? Or did Rashad yeah. Jennings suddenly take his game to another level this summer? What happened? But it really doesn't matter for our purposes. We just want to know whether you should start Rashad Jennings this week or not. And I say yes. Start wide receiver Denarius Moore. Start the Raiders' defense. Matt McGloin or Terrell Pryor, whoever starts, I'm okay with them as the second quarterback this week. Wide receiver Rod Streeter is a flex option. Darren McFadden, uh, this guy just, I, I think we're going to be talking about him five, ten years from now, not as an active player, but as somebody that you had a lot of potential, but just unfortunately never was able to really stay healthy for long enough to, to be the mm-hmm. you know, star that he should have been. So, yeah, he's he's on the bench for me. Jaron Kreiner, questionable with a shoulder injury on the bench. Michael Rivera had a nice game last week, but as a tight end, it's too inconsistent for me. And kicker Sebastian Janikowski, I don't think they score enough points to make him worth starting either. I can agree with that. So, mm-hmm. all right. Here, let's, let's have it. The next game up is the game that Jana alluded to before that I think both of us are going to be on the edge of our speed score. The marquee matchup for this week's show. (laughs) Yes, the Dallas Dallas at the Giants, of course. uh, Close game, uh, you know, first game of the season with uh, Dallas holding on for the victory here. Um, I just, I don't know, Dallas has been a mess lately. Giants getting their ass I have a lot of fear going into this game. I'm going to be honest with you. As well you should. I mean, if you told me back when, after that Denver-Dallas game, when those looked Mm -hmm. like, you know, those might be the two best offenses in football, maybe not the two best defenses, but, you know, a lot of things have changed in that time. Denver has figured out how to play defense again. Dallas has apparently 
struggling on, on offense and some extent on defense too, but uh, Giants seem to have found their rhythm a little. Again, I'm not real impressed with the Giants. They're beating teams that are mm-hmm. either really bad or you know missing key players or have had key players injured the week before, but somehow this is the week I think it all comes together for them. Jason Pierre-Paul seems to be healthy again, and I'll pick New York to win this game. I'm, I'm going to regret saying this, but I think they're going to win this game rather easily. I'll say New York 27, Dallas 17, and I know them fighting words, so so, so have at it. I am picking Dallas. Normally, when we fight about this, I'm not picking Dallas, but this week I am, and I'm picking them by four points. And I think that Eli Manning is going to lose this game trying to throw into the end zone to score a touchdown at the end of the game. That is my prediction. Um, I would feel a lot better about this if Sean Lee was not injured, uh, Sean Lee's basically the quarterback of the Cowboys defense, and this is a huge loss. Um, but that being said, I still think that Eli Manning can be flustered, and the Cowboys will be able to do that. The offense, coming off a of bye week, hopefully can get their act together. So I'm going to start Tony Romo. I'm going to start DeMarco Murray. I'm going to start Des Bryant and Terrence Williams. Miles Austin is going to play this week. I just, who knows what you're going to get out of him. Maybe a flex option, but nothing more than that. Uh, I would start tight end Jason Witten. I'm going to start kicker Dan Bailey and the defense. All right, for the Giants, start Eli Manning, start Andre Brown, start wide receivers Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nick, start the defense. Ruben Randall had a good game last week. He's a flex option for me. Tight end Brandon Myers is okay. Josh Brown, okay. And Brandon Jacobs, uh, He's, he's not much a part of the offense at this point, but uh, even no. if he were to play, then you don't want him in your – yeah, he had his one shining moment against Chicago, and I think that's uh, that's probably going to be the uh, the highlight for his Giants uh, season. The well has run dry. Yeah. So, can't believe that's well, all we I, have to say about that game. I imagine this is a game we will probably be revisiting at the start of next week's show. <laughs> well, it depends who wins. If Dallas wins, we're going to gloss over it completely. And if the Giants oh, win, then we'll, we'll probably talk about that game for 55 minutes in the show and then zip through all 16 games and just, just in quick, uh, 10 quick seconds hits each. The picks, of course. <laughs> yes, the quick pick. So, all right. So how about uh, the Sunday night game? This should be an interesting one. Denver at New yeah. England, the latest installment of uh, Brady versus Manning. And how do you yeah. how do you see this one uh, going? I, I like Denver not by a lot, but I think you know, I just think they'll have a little bit too much for New England defense. If Carolina can put up uh, you know, 23 points against them, I, I think that uh, Denver could potentially do a lot more damage than that. Yeah, it's a home game for New England, but I still think Denver's shown that they can win at home, on the road, you know, wherever you put them. I'll say Denver wins this 31 to New England 27. I could, I could probably agree with your score. I like Denver to win this game as well. Uh, it's always fun watching Peyton and, and uh, Tom Brady go against each other. They just seem to play on another level when they play against each other. And granted, Peyton Manning's got two bad ankles and a bad knee. Tom Brady, both his hands are, are pretty beat up and seem to be twice their normal size. Although we know from the way he chased after the official at the end of the game that his Tom Brady's ankles are not bothering yeah. him. His legs, and it seems like his his uh, speaking voice Vocal probably cord. worked just fine. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think New England... 
they're coming off a little bit of a shorter week. They had this controversy. This is what they've been having to think about and talk about all week. I think it's going to have them a little distracted. Payne Manning's going to come into town, and, of course, we can't forget Wes Welker, shunned by the Patriots. They, of course, I'm sure aren't happy with some of the things he said since he left, so there's a lot a lot on the line for both these teams here. I just think Denver's got more in the tank. Uh, I'm absolutely going to start Unfortunately, with that concussion he had, though, it's looking like he they're might saying, not even. Well, well, they're saying I, today that even though he's not practicing, it looks like he's on track to play, crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be leery about it, especially for a fantasy lineup, starting somebody that had a, a pretty serious concussion. I mean, when I say pretty serious, they're all serious, but uh, I don't know. What would you, I think, who do you like to I think I would for? I I would take I'm gonna start Peyton Manning, I'm gonna start Noshawn Marino and Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker. I think if Wes Welker is gonna looks like he's gonna start, I would play him. I think I would be comfortable starting him, not as an only wide receiver, but maybe as a second or third one. I think that he's got he's gonna find something inside him to go against his old team. This is this is a big deal for him and I think that it'll show on the field. Although it'd be a lot easier to make that pick if, say, you're picking between a, a Washington or San Francisco receiver or Wes Welker where you have that cushion. But either way, I like him this week. Uh, I like tight end Julius Thomas, kicker Matt Prater, and the defense. I just, I, I'm excited for this game. I think this will be a good one to watch this week. We'll finally get, like, a good primetime game. Yeah, I just. I don't know, Welker, I mean, for his sake, I hope he's healthy and that he doesn't do something stupid and play when he's not you know, healthy and you know, really taking a serious injury, but, uh, you know, we'll see. So, you know, what do you make of the Denver backfield, though, you know, the Noshan Moreno, Monte Ball? Do you think Monte Ball is who, – who would you rather have going forward um, for your fantasy team, Monte Ball or Noshan Moreno? I would be more comfortable with Noshawn Moreno going forward. Yeah, me too. Me yeah, too. it just—it seems a little more stable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even with the two touchdowns last week, he—you know—Monte Ball two touchdowns. Noshawn Moreno got the lion's share of the carries and all, so I don't think he's in any danger of losing his job there. So no, I, agree I just with you. may mean that Monte Ball may be a flex option for you when he may not have been before. Yeah, yeah. So for New England, the only two guys that I'm really hot to start this week would be quarterback Tom Brady and tight end Rob Gronkowski. Running back yeah. Stephen Ridley is more of a flex option for me. Wide receivers Danny Amendola, Kendrell Tompkins, and Aaron Dobson are flex options. Kicker Stephen Gostkowski is okay. Uh, Shane Vereen was back last week but didn't do much. I would not start him. Brandon Bolden uh, was out last week with a knee injury. Uh, wouldn't start him, wouldn't start with Garrett once. I'd also stay away from the defense because I just don't have any faith in their ability to stop Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, it's it could be a tough matchup for them. <laughs> yeah. So how about the Monday night game then, the San Francisco at Washington? This, I don't know, San Francisco, for a team that was – you know, this close to winning the Super Bowl, I mean, I guess we can't be too critical because Baltimore has fallen off the cliff or more or less this year. But then again, they pretty much blew up their whole defense. San Francisco didn't do that. They've got almost everybody back, and yet right now they're you know, they're on the 
teetering on the edge of mediocrity and they just don't really look like a good team. I think Washington's going to win this game. They're not very impressive either, but I think right now they have a little bit more offense than San Francisco does. And even though their defense isn't very good, I don't think San Francisco's offense right now is good enough to exploit that. So to me, that all adds up to Washington 31, San Francisco 24. I I think San Francisco's going to win this game. I just mm, I I don't like what I'm seeing out of Washington this week with the the little he said she said uh, with RG3 and his receivers and let's go to the media, let's go to you know talk radio shows and talk about each other without naming names. I don't like that at all. There seems to be some some turmoil in the locker room and that's not going to translate well onto the field. Especially with being a Monday night game, they're going to have that extra day of scrutiny and people in their faces, and I just, I don't like it. I don't like it this week. I haven't been super impressed with San Francisco, but I think that they're going to be able to capitalize on this. Uh, I'm not worried about them being on the East Coast. It's a night game. This is not even an issue, but I think Colin Kaepernick's more a second quarterback option for me this week. I like Frank Gore and even Kendall Hunter. I'm going to start Anquan Bolden and Vernon Davis. I'm going to even start kicker Phil Dawson and the defense. I just, I am not, not impressed with Washington right now. Well, I can't say I'm impressed with them, but I just, you know, I'm not impressed with San Francisco either. And yes, they're not you know, airing their dirty laundry in the media and all, but I just have not been impressed. And Colin Kaepernick has looked like a pretty ordinary quarterback, especially from the passing perspective this season, and part of that might be because he's without Michael Crabtree, but still they brought in Antoine Bolden to be that sort of go-to guy. guy, and it isn't really working out that way. You know, Frank Gore's having a nice season, but you know, I, I'm just not super impressed there. So, for Washington, I would start RG3. I would start um, Alfred Morris, the running back. I would start tight end Jordan Reed if he's healthy enough to play, like Wes Welker. He suffered a concussion last week and had to leave the game. Kicker Kai Forbath, I think they'll score a lot of points, so he's a good start in my mind. Uh, wide receivers, Leonard Hankerson, Santana Moss, Pierre Garçon, and Josh Morgan, those guys are all flex options for me. Defense is uh, okay to start. And uh, Roy Hulu had a nice couple of weeks there, but uh, now it seems like uh, he's fallen back to being the beta dog and uh, mm-hmm. Alfred Morris is getting the lion's share of the carries there and Robert Griffin running a little bit again. So I just don't see any real place for Roy Hulu in your starting lineup this week. Yeah, I can agree with that. Now, we so, we mentioned the, the Miami strife and, and now Washington having their little dirty laundry being aired. Do you take stuff like this when there's big sensational media stories like that? Do you take that into account when you're setting your fantasy lineup? Does that enter into your equation at all or no? Uh, For me, no. I think these guys are all professionals. And, yes, it looks like Miami was distracted in that Tampa Bay game. They definitely Mm -hmm. looked like they had been through the ringer and weren't focused. But, on the other hand, Tampa Bay came came out and won you know, against Atlanta, too, which you know, is not a very good team right now, but they certainly weren't distracted in the same way. So I, I don't know what's real there. But to answer your question in general, no, I, I don't. I think these guys are all professionals because unlike most of us mortal human beings, they're able to block out distractions and focus on things. I mean, if they get burned on one play, they've got to you know, snap right back and uh, focus on the next play. So I, I think 
I think most of that, you know, you know off-field distraction stuff is just a media creation. And once the game starts, I think most of the time the better team wins or the team that doesn't make mistakes. I, I don't think the Washington or the Miami situations are going to play you know, much of a role this week. I think Washington's going to win because I think they're a better team right now than San Francisco, and I think Miami's going to lose because I just don't think they're a very good team, period. Yeah, I, I tend to think that it affects players a little more than you do. I, it's it's an emotional game. You have to be you have to have some some emotion in the game to really tap in and and find that extra gear and win. And I think that sometimes these outside things can get blown up. And having that, you know, being uh, being under that kind of stress and and pressure and emotion can bring out things that maybe you weren't. You know, you didn't anticipate coming out and you thought you were mentally stronger than but I I think they can still have an effect whether or not they realize it. Yeah. I mean, for instance, it'll be interesting to see whether the whole circuits with Rex Ryan and now Ed Reed returning to Baltimore this week has mm-hmm. any impact on the Jets or not. I don't think it will. I just yeah, think Baltimore is still a slightly better team even though the record doesn't indicate it right now than the Jets are. Yeah. So... I would expect Baltimore to win that game, but then again, if the Jets play the way they did against New Orleans and the way they did against New England, they have a good shot at winning that game. So I think it just all depends. You know, they have a team with a rookie quarterback, and they're prone to inconsistency, and I think that's why the Jets are as up and down as they are, not because of the media circus, although I'm sure that doesn't help. Actually, you know what, thinking about it back on you know, last year with Tebow and all, I think that was a case where probably the media did contribute to the distraction. But there I blame the coach more because I think the coaching staff and the GM let that happen. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, the whole thing and just the way Rex Ryan kept, you know, implying to Tim Tebow that, you know, you're our guy if anything happens to Sanchez. And then when something did happen to him, it was Greg McElroy that got into the game. You know, he he sort of brought that upon himself then. So I, I think there maybe that's the case of where, yeah, you know, the off-field stuff and the, the media did contribute to the team's downfall, but I still think that the Lions' share of the credit or the blame there belongs with the, the coaching staff rather than the, you know, than the players. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, uh, interesting way to look at it, for sure. Yeah. So here's a question for you. A lot of mm-hmm. fantasy teams or fantasy leagues are winding up you know, the regular season, either this week or next week. If you yeah. have, if you've already clinched a playoff spot, which, you know, you should be so lucky if you're in a fantasy league to already have clinched a spot with several weeks left, but mm-hmm. would you be looking ahead to playoff matchups or are you more somebody that just starts your stars no matter what? I try to still, I, I kind of look at it more as a week-to-week thing. You can look a little bit in advance and maybe try to look and see if if you know my my you know last wide receiver is someone down the stretch going to maybe have a better matchup. I might do small things like that, but overall, I tend to keep my team pretty pretty similar to what it looks like that got me in there. And it's so hard to look at matchups. I, like you can look at at the on the field matchups, but I like to play versus the matchup of who I'm playing that week as well and take that into consideration. So for me, it's more I look at the single week versus the the down the road. What about you? Yeah, I 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, there are not too many times, you know, no matter who you are, when your team is locked up a playoff spot with several weeks and you can afford to sure look down nice. the road for too far. It would be a nice <laughs> problem to have. But assuming that you had that luxury, I think I would definitely do that. And you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with cutting or trading you know, a guy, even if he's a superstar that, you know, has a lousy set of matchups in the playoff week, you know, mm-hmm. I'd rather win with Scott Tolzien starting, you know, for my playoff week because he has a good matchup rather than lose because, you know, Cam Newton or Peyton Manning has a, has a rough matchup in a given week. So I always think the stars are going to play like stars, even with a bad matchup. I just, I don't know. But, but, I mean, even Peyton Manning last week, it was really the running game that scored yeah. most of the fantasy points there, you know, rather than, I mean, he racked up okay yardage, but, you know, touchdown-wise, you know, he, he didn't do much. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it all depends. But, anyway, it sounds Probably. like we're at the end of the rope, or, excuse me, the end of the show. We might be <laughs> at the end of our rope, but at the end of the show for this week. So, but don't, anyway. don't worry, folks. We'll be back next week on Wednesday night from 9.30 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, as we are every week. And you can the giant victory over the evil cowboys. It's a nice alternate reality you live in, but the rest of us in the real world will be back <laughs> talking about the cowboys' victory. <laughs> and... You, of course, can have your voice heard all week long, even when we're not live on the air. And you can find us at FantasyFootballSherpa.com, on the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook, on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show, and, of course, at Fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can also email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And if you missed any episodes or you just really missed hearing our voice, you can always find the archives uh, of course, on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, I recommend the 2010 shows. Those are particularly good if you want to listen to <laughs> forecasts for games that are three years old. Uh, hey, you know, some of them could be right. You never know. <laughs> I'll go back and change some of them. So have a great week, everybody, and thanks for the show, Janet. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.